0: Anime Pulse Episode 537 host joseph back again bringing you another episode of anime pulse joining me as he has been and hopefully will continue to be is andrew chan
1: yeah hi hopefully so yep Next season's greetings to everyone
0: yes and uh as you may notice the podcast is still here we haven't been shut down by the fcc just quite yet um <laughs> thankfully uh I'm not too worried about that anymore. Everyone got up in a tizzy about, oh, no, net neutrality. Bah. But mm-hmm. everyone kind of forgot that even though the FCC can say, like, get rid of net neutrality. It's post. It's voted. It's passed. Yes, we got rid of it. But yeah. Congress has the final say. And Congress, ah. the majority of which, has said, yeah, that's not happening.
1: Hmm. It's pretty complicated, so, this sort of thing.
0: Yeah, it's because, like, all the different... Um, subdivisions of government can make their own rules and break their own rules, mm. but Congress has the final say-so when it comes to a majority of them. Mm. So Congress, uh, who we, the people, vote and elect in, has basically said, like, yeah, I'm not going to get voted in if I vote against this again for this year, for next year. So uh not going to let that pass.
1: Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um, so it's kind of true what they say then about, like, the president doesn't have as much power um, as Congress or something because they have, he still has to push it for them.
0: Well, he is still commander in chief. So like he passed that law that basically said that if you're transgender, you can't be in the military or if you're, you know, right. Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of judges can try to block it, but in the end he has the final say because he's commander in chief. He runs the army. If he says, Mm -hmm. this is the way the army will be. No judge can say you can't do that. Because the judge doesn't have power over the army. They'll try to come right. up with stipulations like, yes, I'll block it. And that they'll try to block it. But then lawyers for the government will come out and say, no, you can't stop it. And then the judge has mm-hmm. to stop it. Um, mm-hmm. But they'll continue to do that anyways, because they're pricky judges who just want to be like, see, I'm being the right guy here. I'm on your side. Mm-hmm. Vote for me next year.
1: Well, so you vote in judges as well.
0: Yes, you elect judges.
1: Uh, Alright, okay. This, like, Supreme Court level stuff, or is this, like...
0: Specific, no, you, I mean, like... you can, you, uh, Supreme Court, um, that's decided by government, but oh. for, like, judges, just like your local judge, that's you. Mm-hmm. That, that's the oh, people right. vote in those people.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of ignorant about how all these things sort of work. Uh, no, so, no, it's
0: okay, well, I mean, I don't really pay too much attention to politics, but... I mean, we get so many elections over here that, like, you'll see the posters come up and it's like, vote for me for, you know, treasurer, vote for me for council, vote for me for judge, that kind of stuff. So you'll see the judge posters go up every now and then.
1: Mm -hmm. Do, Do you still, do you vote in all those, like, extra elections and stuff besides the one, you know, like the big president one? Do you vote for all those other ones?
0: I actually don't vote in any of them because I've not seen anyone i've ever wanted to vote for yet except for mayor one time there was a woman who wanted and she was a very let's say good-looking woman uh-huh um, and she wanted to legalize gambling weed and prostitution in new york state and i huh. voted for her but she didn't win obviously but i was like i'd love to see that i'd love to see where it's kind of just like you know you want to sell your body Go right ahead. You want to smoke some weed? Go right ahead. You want to <laughs> gamble your money away? Go right ahead.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, this kind of brings up a question I wasn't expecting, where it's like, um, is gambling illegal in
0: Uh, New Most of New York State, it is illegal. Huh. Yeah.
1: So there's no casinos or anything like that?
0: Well, or there's like... a casino in uh, Niagara Falls, because it's on the border, And Uh there's now a casino, a real casino, um, because we've had a racino before. We have a racing racetrack, the Saratoga Springs, um, Saratoga racetrack with uh, horses. But um, when it comes down to it, we didn't have any like, you know, there were slot machines there, but there were no live poker dealers and and blackjack and craps and stuff like that. Well, now we do. Schenectady built a casino called the Riverfront Casino, and it is real. It's got poker, blackjack, craps. It's got uh, all sorts of different uh, ways you can waste your money away. Thousands Mm -hmm. upon thousands of slot machines, although from what I've heard, the casino isn't doing it nearly as well as it was projecting it was going to do. Um Uh But it's still there, um, and it's not quite finished yet. There are still a lot of hotels that are still being built around it. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's frowned upon in most of the United States because it's like, oh, gambling gets you addicted to it. You waste all your money away, and it's like you know, I, I get it because I have the same thing with Overwatch loot boxes, where it's like, oh, I really want that May skin. You know, if mm-hmm. I if I purchased 50 loot boxes, my chances of getting it are quite high. Yeah, you know, And yeah. I waste money away doing that. Money, you know, like $39 that I could be putting towards something else. But it's like, eh, it's my money. I'll do what I want with it.
1: Yeah. At the end of and, the day, you, just, you give people the choice, isn't it? So. Yeah, and if
0: other people are like, no, you're wasting your life away. Stop. It's like, shut up. It's my life. <laughs> I want to do what I want with it. If I want to throw it <laughs> all in the drain, you'll just have to cringe and bear it as i yeah. throw it all away so too bad
1: yeah exactly um let them have a bit of fun let them have their fun i suppose
0: exactly The l- only the lottery live
1: is, is essentially a, a version of that anyway to an extent
0: yeah it most people go, play yeah. it it's just like oh it's only yeah. a dollar yeah but you know how many dollars you spent on the lottery like like, sometimes you're mm-hmm. like, oh, if I buy two tickets today, maybe I'll have a better chance. And then there are the days you buy even more tickets because it's a holiday. And then there are the days you just buy one. But you yeah. buy all those tickets, and over the lifetime, you've probably spent a couple thousand dollars in tickets mm-hmm. alone.
1: Yep. All Money
0: you'll never exactly. get back. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so IRL yeah. News? <clears throat> yes, IRL
1: News. Yeah, indeed. Okay, um, just dive straight in. I got, um, what's his name? I was, I've been demoted on one side in terms of Street Fighter this, this week. Uh, I went, I've been really kind of busy with work and stuff and since my laptop got sent away, I have, I've gotten a little bit rusty. So I went online, did some competitive play this week and, um, I dropped down two classes. I went from super, Ultra Silver down to Super Silver. And then just yesterday I declined down to silver, so I'm, I've definitely lost my touch. I think that was one of the things about like if you want to climb up in in a fighting game, you really can't um, take too long of a break off of it. Like, cause even if you do remember all your combos, you start to lose your fighting sense. Like, you know, like you start to lose the behaviors that are common with certain characters, where it's like, uh, you're kind of like Gohan. <laughs> You know, during the Majin Buu saga, when he'd grown up and became no longer a little boy. He's sure he may be potentially stronger than when he was a little boy, but he hasn't been fighting for about, like, ten years or so, and then then he just kind of sucks now because he's lost his sense for fighting. (laughs) So I'm kind of like Gohan right now, and, you know, you got to be like a Vegeta. you got to put in at least, like, you know, you have to play obsessively, but, like, if you put in, like, an hour a day or, you know, a few rounds a day, then you're less likely to get rusty and become a Gohan, you know? I guess that's the moral. Don't be a Gohan. But on the other side, um, earlier on in the week, I watched the announcement trailer for the arcade edition. They started off with a trailer for Sakura. It was it was really good actually because they started off with like a trailer for Sakura, one of the first new characters coming out. Uh, she's like a returning character. Uh, she's got like a she's dressed in the kind of um, e sports announcer uniform with the microphone headset and everything. Um, But she's like a returning character, a lot of people expected it, uh, speculated because of the sakura blossoms and like previous teasers, but now she's definitely confirmed, but then after that, the, the guy behind the game, I think Ono, I believe his name is, was like, well is that enough for you? Well, it probably wasn't enough, so we have another thing to show you, and then it was just this full CG trailer that just had this big opening cutscene, and it even included like glimpses of every new character they're going to put into this arcade edition. So, we've got returning characters like uh, Blanca, Cody, and Sagat, and then two all-new characters, uh, Falk and G. Falk is... Uh, we've seen a bit of her, actually, so far, because um, during Ed, who's like a kind of anti-hero character, he forms like his own or- organisation called uh, Neo Shadowloo and in it, he's got, like, a gorilla and, like, this other these other two characters that you see with him during, I think, an old man and a girl called, uh, who's now Falk, I guess. And she seems to have, like, a staff during, like, the, the still image. But now she's going to be a playable character, so we'll see a little bit more of how she plays soon. And then there's, like, G, who, you know, you mentioned looks like a leprechaun. And he does to an extent. I have no idea what he's going to fight like. Um, his name doesn't really give anything away. I thought he might be some sort of magician because of the way he appears in the in the opening cinematic, but overall, yeah, the hype is a lot more real. I really do hope that they, they've they fixed a lot of the problems that was with the vanilla release of this game, so looking forward to that one coming out. Um, but then there's also hype for other games because um, there's also been, um, you know, Monster Hunter, have you ever played the game or heard of it?
0: I played it for like a fraction of a second on the 3DS. Um, uh-huh. I think it was an older Monster Hunter. I played the demo of one, but I, yeah. just, I didn't really get into it because it seemed like such a fast-paced, like you really got to think on your feet kind of game.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it's pretty much like. It's it's controls a little bit like a Dark Souls, but it's it's not as hard as a Dark Souls to be fair, but. Yeah, it's all about learning the monsters and, you know, like, knowing the patterns and then, like, you build armor sets out of, like, one monster and it's like a climb. Because, like, you kill a monster, you build stuff out of them, like, swords, weapons and stuff, and then you go take on the next big monster and it's just this nice big escalation. And by the end of the game, you can go back against, like, a monster that looked like it was once, like, this big towering threat over you and now he's just fodder to you and you just feel like this this big Power trip, I suppose. So there's like that, but they've um they've got a new one that's coming out for PS4, which I'm and Steam. Where I'm probably going to get the Steam version that I'm really excited about. But there was like a demo they dropped for uh, Monster Hunter World, and it's going to be this kind of big open, a little bit bit more of like an open world version of it, where like they just kind of roam the monsters around. It was available for three days with three monsters available to fight, and so far it was really impressive. I mean, suffice it to say, I've been playing uh, these Monster Hunter games on my 3DS as well the whole time, like from 3 to 4. And, you know, the 3DS does make it look decent enough, but, you know, you can't compare it to, like, a true HD console like a PS4 or something now. So it now looks very, very stunning uh, in terms of its presentation. And the monsters are able to do really cool things. Like they'll like, In the other ones, you could kind of have, like, two monsters on screen at once. And they might hit each other by accident, but they don't react to each other. In this one, they can now actually have turf wars with each other. So you can actually... It feels a lot more active. Like, I was fighting this big, uh, like, T-Rex-like monster, and then suddenly, like, this fish monster came out of the ground and wrapped around him. And then you can kind of, like, choose a side, like, oh, I'm going to help the T-Rex take out the fish. And it's, like, it's quite exciting uh, from that, anyway. So, very impressive, the demo. There's going to be, like, another demo dropping real soon, so... Gonna have to give that one a go too. Um, the controls do take a bit of getting used to it if you're used to playing it on the 3DS. Because especially if you're like me and you've sank like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours into the game, you know you're, you're you're relying mostly like on muscle memory to actually play the game because like your hand moves by itself. But it's now a bit opposite with the PS4 controller. Um, I'll probably be playing it with an Xbox One controller though when it finally comes out because I it's my preferred controller right now is the Xbox One. Really loving that controller. Um... And then next off is one that I think you'd be interested in. I'm gonna just send you the images now. Fire Emblem Heroes got an announcement for its Christmas event, which is dropping four uh, Christmas-themed characters. Send a link here. Okay. So the characters are all from Fire Fire Emblem Awakening. hmm Uh, including Lisa, a Santa Claus Lisa, a Santa Claus Crom, a Santa themed. Oh, they're all Santa themed actually. Santa male Robin.
0: Well, and not Tharja. quite. Tharja. Mm-hmm as you will Hmm. denote from her antlers, is a reindeer. Ah, right. While she is wearing kind of, you know, Santa-ish outfit, um, (laughs) I think it's more festive, and the antlers actually more denote her as a reindeer, which kind of makes sense if you think about her following (laughs) along a Santa Robin
1: right yeah okay now Now, i just got the extra meaning behind that possibly there yeah that actually makes a lot more sense but um yeah it was it was it was kind of funny because like, they they announced them in that order in the trailer where you just like say lisa Chrome, and robin i'm like ah they're okay so far and then, and then just like, like whoa oh. yeah just, just, <laughs> she, she descends on it they like they definitely saved what they thought would be the most popular for last because she did win the last uh popularity contest thing you
0: know the uh
1: Got voting gauntlet for popularity I didn't expect her to lose to be
0: honest um, a blinding light so... shot down from the heavens and through its piercing gaze there was Tharja in a revealing outfit
1: yes mm. the exhibitionist reindeer dear Santa costume <laughs> and she says something to the effect of like ha- she's hoping that her festive garb will get Robin's attention so this Tharja is definitely paired up with Robin I suppose then in this case and... she's
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and lo did the otakus bow in praise <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yes Christmas is coming early for some this uh, mm. will be dropping tomorrow uh, actually this update will be dropping tomorrow actually it'll be available I've got 15, 15 orbs already kind of ready to go for the first um, draw hopefully managed to get at least maybe one of them it's good to know that there's actually possibly a good Lisa and a good um, Robin because I mean, so far Crom and Tharja are already quite decent in the game. Tharja's is actually quite good already, but Lisa and uh, Robin are kind of disappointing for protagonist characters. In I and wonder so if
0: she's going to mm-hmm. continue to be a red mage or a red. She's uh, not.
1: I think she's an archer in this.
0: An archer. I
1: yeah, I think she's really? an archer. Yee, one second. I think she is. Yeah. Um, Holiday Tharja is like a. Yeah, I think she's actually because like what they what they like to do with the holiday events, um, is like they like to change their classes quite a bit around sometimes. Where it's like you know now he becomes like a flying red mage.
0: Um, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So, so I think from what I can tell, Tharge is now also different because like Robin's now a lancer. He's sporting like a Christmas tree lance, which I think is kind of funny. Um, ah, uh, crap. Uh, I need to look it up quickly. See if I can find it. Yeah. Uh, But I think she comes across as an archer. Let's see. Tharja here. Got it. I think I got it. Tharja. Oh, that's the regular one. Mm. Hmm. What's throwing me off right now is she's got like a candle... A candelabra? Is that what you call it? The thing with the multiple candles on it? She's got Mm -hmm. a candle on her. So that makes me think she might still be a mage. I, I can't remember for sure. I'll look up by the end. But anyway, yeah, so... Looking forward to that one. And I suppose I guess I'll just move on to some posts to respond to here. Where we have... Um, oh, I do want to co- say oh. Oh, yeah. that uh, oh.
0: since our last talk, I was able to get another gold 5 star. Um, oh, yeah. Not a character I wanted. I was Obviously, I was going for Raja. Um, I got Saber.
1: Saber...
0: Yeah, he is it, apparently okay. some mercenary. He's the driven mercenary character. Short red Has hair, kind of wears a patch. weird eye patch. Yep.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, he's he's good. He's got a skill that's unique to him, I think. Or what was it? A very a very pop. Yeah, I think he's got a really good skill that you can keep on him or transfer to someone else.
0: Uh, Which I'll probably terrible. be transferring at some good. point. Yeah. Yeah, like a lot of the golden characters I have, if I can just get their unique skill and it's like something that's, you know, like really good, um, then I'll probably just be transferring it to another character because I have the team I want. Well, almost. I have the team that I want to get in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I want Tharja, who I have. I want Raja, yeah. who I haven't have yet. I want. Oh. Um, uh, I have. Uh, I no, I want, uh, not Cordelia. Um, Camilla. Camilla, I want Camilla, yep. Yep. and I want. It doesn't matter if it's Easter Easter Camilla or regular Camilla. Honestly, I prefer regular Camilla, but um, uh-huh. Easter Camilla is as well is good. But I also have uh Congero. So that is the team of characters that I want as like my main mm. strike force. Um. Uh-huh and i have i'm missing a couple i have a couple and <laughs> i'm currently working on uh <laughs> earning up the orbs again cuz today was the day i earned up enough where i was like all right i'm going to try out that new event that came out with the five that it gives you and it's like all right let's do it all right five star gold on the first one is saber don't want them but okay thanks all right wait what do we got next oh bronze oh bronze oh bronze uh. oh bronze
1: Oh, I hate it when that happens, man. That's painful. Oh, yeah. Uh, When they give you the bronze and, like, the silver, it always feels like it's the same one, and you're just kind of like, if you're going to give me a bronze, could you at least give me one I haven't got yet?
0: Yeah, so I can fill out the roster a bit more. Come on, man.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's got so many, like, rise and so many (laughs) just... um, uh, It's got so many... um, What's his name? Azama, like that shaman mage guy from Fates. I've got so many of him lying around doing nothing. Oh, I, by the way, I was wrong. I looked it up. Uh she is still a red mage actually. The Candelabra oh. is a red fire weapon actually.
0: Oh, <sighs> maybe mm-hmm. I would dump all my skills from my current Tharsha into a Christmas Tharsha because mm-hmm. I got to say I mm-hmm. like her outfit. Although I was <laughs> expecting her to be a bit more busty because they talk about it in uh they talk about it in awakening, but She's supposed to be like the bustiest character in all of Fates, or sorry, Fates, in Awakening. Because Awakening. Yeah, mm. in Awakening, uh, during the summertime event and during oh, yeah? her interaction with, I think it's Naoi, she yeah? is told that the guys in the uh, area all think that she has the best body. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was expecting her to have a bit more of a bust because you know us guys, it's all about the boobs, right? Herp-a-derp. <laughs> but right. Uh, uh, yeah, she's more proportioned than I was expecting. But them hips, though. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: I, I guess it depends because I mean, like with the the guys who do the art for this, they always get seem to get a different artist each time for the characters. So hey, like,
0: I'm the, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm.
1: She does look distinctly younger, I would say. This uh, this version yeah we have here mm-hmm.
0: yeah she doesn't also look there, so. nearly as uh, downtrodden as she normally does where she's kind of got that like gloom and doom look about her yeah this she's one a she's more, more yeah yeah upbeat mm-hmm. and festive and happy it's mm-hmm. like yeah. that's the kind of face you see on Tharsha after she's successfully had Robin impregnate her mm.
1: I think maybe <laughs> like her darkness has given way to the Christmas spirit is the idea mm. perhaps.
0: Mm, ho ho ho. <laughs> ho ho ho.
1: And by the way, good skills here. Got iceberg and also most importantly she's got close counter by the way, which is a really good skill. Uh previously it's only for Takumi the archer from Fates. Uh-huh. Uh but it basically means that she's a ranged character that will be able to counter attack somebody who attacks her close up. Ooh. That which that is a very is good nice. skill to have for a ranged unit.
0: All right, so, yeah, that's definitely something I'll shoot for.
1: Yeah. Okay, so well, yeah. Best of luck Ra- Raja that. can
0: wait. I will go <laughs> and try for my, for my first and foremost Fire Emblem waifu, Tharsha.
1: <laughs> oh, so she is better than Camilla to you then?
0: Yes, I do think nice. Raja or Tharsha, Thar- 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 is yep. the best uh, of the Fire Emblem characters, like the most attractive to me, just because of her personality, her uh-huh. looks, her mm-hmm. demeanor, like. Everything about her was just attractive to me. There was nothing that put me off about her. Um, right. Camilla, yeah. the thing about her is that she's kind of slutty to everybody. Or like, right. you got, you had Takumi and she was like, slobbering over Takumi as well. Because she's like, oh, younger brother character. Yes, get him inside of me. And it's like, whoa, I thought you were only that way for the, for Dragon Boy. And she's like, nah, a younger brother character will be a fine.
1: Ah, Like any younger brother
0: will do, and it's like, all right. She she
1: doesn't really make the main character feel special because she goes after like everybody. She's
0: just yeah. And with Archer, it's like all the other um, support she has with everybody, it don't really like work as well as the support she has with Robin. Or it's just (laughs) like Robin and her are made for each other. That is the default character you should always be going for in every single run through.
1: <laughs> ah, is that is that what you've been doing for every run through? At least.
0: No, uh, my first run through, my second run through, and my third run through, yes. My fourth run through, I went for uh what did I go for? Cordelia? No, because that's uh that's uh that's a not that's Fate's not awakening. Um, I think my fourth run through I did, um, the sword chick, samurai sword chick. Uh... Oh, no, 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 I know who I did. I did, uh, Aversa.
1: Aversa, right, okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: Because I was like, oh, she's kind of, you know that kind of way where she's kind of stalker wife and materialist because yeah she is mm-hmm. when you support her enough she's like haha you want me and he's like would you cut it out and she's like haha you want me would you cut it out haha you want me he's like yes i do i want to be inside you now and she's like oh okay
1: <laughs> yeah and i think something about her pairing dialogue says something like about she claims that she's like fiercely the, the fiercely loyal type as well so, mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: so yeah seems seems like a yeah Seems to the standard. It seems to your taste. Um
0: now, I'll yeah. let you get back to get back to it. <laughs> Enough with my fire emblem talk. I was just excited as soon as I, yeah, I saw the yeah, full no, body good, image of to. as soon <laughs> as I saw the full body image of uh Tharja, I was like I want to keep talking about Fire. Emblem. Let's keep talking about Fire. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, sure, sure, why not? Anytime, <laughs> I guess. Uh, okay, right. But anyway, moving on. Then, uh, there's just got a few forums and comments I want to go over. There's a forum post okay. and a few comments. Uh, the first one's gonna really give an excuse to talk about a show anyway. Um, where it's like, um, it was a post on a a show a while back actually, the one with uh, Master Minikun no revenge got from your uh-huh. Vegeta. And he just talks about how he... likes The clarification I made on Land of the Lustrous or Hoseki no Kuni uh, certainly clarifies one thing, that he doesn't pick apart animation to anything even approaching that microscopic a level. And he thinks that this show figured out how to make 3D CG look fluid in ways that it hasn't in recent times. So first off, I've now actually caught up with uh, Hoseki no Kuni. And I think part of the reason why it maybe didn't hit me quite as well, uh, I mean, visually at the start, was I think it's probably... You could say, oh, you know, doesn't look at it at quite a microscopic level, but it also just maybe means that you are more immersed straight away with the world. Um, I think I give lots of anime a go, but like from the first episode, um, it takes a long time for me, at least, you know, free episode drill, right? Where you kind of get immersed maybe by the third episode, once it's kind of had time to sink in and get its premise across. Cool. Uh, so by then I'm just kind of still questioning a lot of stuff and so I'm not as drawn in so things like the visuals can be more distracting to me Like, but now that I'm actually in I'd say I'm into the show now I've watched 10 episodes now uh, the new episode actually came out yesterday uh, so now that I'm in it's much less distracting for me although there are still bits uh, but I do think it is really good and also on that last sentence about how they figured out to make CG look fluid in ways that hasn't been done yeah I gotta say at least in comparison to other anime that does the full CG thing, you know, like, uh, I don't know. Uh, why do I think of Komodo Friends? Uh, something like that. Yeah, okay, this, this show is, like, freaking, I don't know, pick a really good anime by comparison to any of those ones, like, you know. Um, yeah, so if we are just compared to other CG shows, um, then yeah, absolutely, 100%. It's just distracting if I just take it just as it is, you know. Um, but I'm now I'm gonna say that I am thoroughly enjoying it and it's less distracting now that I've gotten much further in and also another one like I did reply to this comment right but I don't know if you know anything about this but you know when you comment on the the actual episodes on the main mm-hmm. website page sometimes mm-hmm. it says not sometimes but not all it sometimes says um waiting for approval or something when I post a comment like your comment is awaiting moderation but sometimes it doesn't do it
0: yeah, um, I don't know. Like, there's some weird stipulations behind the uh, approval, disapproval process. Like, I don't really get it all the time. Um, hopefully it will get fixed in the future. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's up to Tim and Welltall to adjust it, because there's something about the settings that need to be fixed.
1: Right, because like, sometimes, like, these days I do check the... Um the comments on the episodes fairly often, like, at least once a day. And, uh, you know, another one I got was uh, from Midnight Crew on the last episode we did. Uh, well, not now the last episode because you did post the episode today, but, you know, the Osama Game one. No, Okusama Ga Kaito. I don't know why I said Osama Game. Um and you know I replied to it and then I had to wait till like yesterday for it to actually go up or even maybe I think today for my reply to go up so it looks like I didn't respond to him in about a week but you know I actually did get on that but I'll just, I'll just read out and answer it here then because he may not check back now because I don't think you get an alert whether or not you've been replied to on this mm-hmm. unless you may be signed up for it so but anyway the comment goes heyo uh, gonna do some chiming in this week again regarding your query about anime featuring transsexual main characters there's Horo Musuko which is a drama that tackles the topic of transsexuality with a lot of maturity and respect, i.e unlike 99 percent of all shows that try and bring it up. If you ever got time and think it'd be it'd be of interest, I'd say give it a watch. So in the less of it, it's just talking about you know it's uh, sort of from recreators, which I already bitched about. Um, so yeah, actually I've, I've actually heard of Horomusuko Horo, Horo musical already before because I actually have read the manga, not all of it, but I read some of it. And I did think it was really good. I read it before there was ever an anime of it. And I, I did hear an anime got made, but I wasn't sure if it was any good, because I didn't hear much talking about it, and I wasn't watching as many shows back then. Um, but yeah, I can say that it does deal with the issue of transsexuality and a lot more of a... Um, like, it's less used for any gags. It's it's actually quite a serious... It's, it was definitely a bit more dramatic, I would say, about it, and it deals with all the anxiety that comes with having something like uh, dysphoria and stuff, but um, I would be interested in giving the show a look. I think it's already been reviewed on Anime Pulse as well, actually. So... Yeah, um,
0: as long you, as it's old you, enough, I don't mind just going back to it.
1: Yeah, okay, right, fair enough. Uh, I might give it a go then, because uh, it did look interesting, I would say, and it was it was a, a subject of interest back then when I was reading a lot more manga back in the old days, but nowadays I don't read really any, but always interested to get back into it so yeah that's the post about that have you heard of horror Musco
0: or anything i have not okay
1: yeah so it didn't really get a lot of traction from what i can hear you know what i heard about so i just thought it was like a really side manga that not many people knew about but hmm, maybe it's a cult maybe it has a cult following so and possibly. then lastly oh yeah possibly so gonna give that a watch i don't even know what studio tackled it but uh we'll have to see and then lastly, I got a forum post uh, about videos. So um, I made a video. I, I made a not video. I made a forum post. Curious, just asking questions because you know how uh, we've been talking about about um, eventually having video content on like YouTube or other platforms such as that in terms of like the show and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I just asked because it's a distant idea in the future, and we're getting close to Christmas, the end of the year. And it's time to look forward ahead. And I thought, okay, hypothetical scenario. Like, besides mirroring episodes of our podcast on YouTube, you know, what other content ideas do people have, you know, once it's up and running, you know, what, what do you think about the idea of it? And since it's not, like, a super serious question, you can suggest anything you want, right? So mm-hmm. I got uh, t- two replies. One by actually a new co- a new commenter uh, who's actually just joined last week actually, co- uh, from Queen Inoue, which I think Inoue when I googled that is a character from Bleach. I think it's like the main girl from Bleach, just second name, so maybe it's a reference to that. Uh, said that video yeah, content. Oh yeah.
0: Uh, Inoue, that's uh... yeah. Inoue, yeah. Hold on, you can keep it's... going.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, video content would be interesting. It's something I would be interested in trying out at least. So. There's a there's a yes all the way from Utah, I believe. I, th- I think that's... Uh, yeah, that's probably how you pronounce that. <laughs> it's in America, right? Utah. And um, then the next one is from a, com- um, a, a pretty frequented poster. Saldera chimes in with, It would be interesting to see some video content, but personally, I would not find it essential. Aside from mirroring the podcast, you could try showing off unboxings of anime-related merch. Brackets, yeah, I know. What a cliche. Um, and maybe highlight reels from anime-related events you have been to, or even that other cliche of podcasts, recording, outtakes, if any. So, um... Well, unfortunately, unless I got, um... Unless we got some sort of a sponsorship or something like that in terms of, like, anime-related products, that would be kind of hard for at least for me to do, because um, I don't really buy that much, like, physical merchandise of anime stuff. I I mean, do you?
0: I buy only time I ever really buy anime merch is when I go to conventions which right. isn't a lot uh, especially lately um but this coming 2018 I hopefully plan to be able to go to Otakon in Washington DC which oh, will mean nice. that I get to buy some more anime merch which will probably include uh DVDs artwork um, the figurine occasional figurine uh, mm. and you know something else unique and interesting I may come across and just be like yeah okay I'll buy it mm.
1: yeah so I don't know I don't know if you're interested in doing that sort of thing but you know suffice to say it probably wouldn't be a, a regular sort of thing I suppose that we could do regularly unless again some sort of thing happens where like an anime company is like hey we want to send you guys merch so you can open it or something but I don't know if that's really plausible, at least in, in the, unless it's like the distant future, but hey, pie in the sky idea. And then highlight reels from events and uh, outtakes. I mean, besides what we talk about at the beginning before we start recording, am not sure we really have any uh, outtakes because pretty much everything we say goes into the podcast, eh?
0: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, Although the after show and the before show could be a thing where like we could immediately start recording and then... Um start talking like pre-show and post-show stuff.
2: Right. Mhm. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, you mean, like, I keep think those clips of audio like separate and then.
0: Yeah, but I think that works more for uh streaming. Yeah, more for... well not streaming yeah. in general, but more for like oh, you know, uh, if you're listening live on like a Discord, it works better because you can just um you can just tune in and be like, oh, they're talking about other stuff. Oh, they're interacting with me and my friends and whatnot. But yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. but, yeah, I don't know about actually recording it and then editing it out because that's, um, mm-hmm. that's a little extra work that right now I just don't have the... Of course, yeah. Don't really care to have the time for. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not unless we did better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so... But anyway, good um, overall, thanks for the comment backs and suggestions. Think of something else for next week, based on probably what we talked about today, so... Yeah, I think that's me going on long enough. I Let's move on to you.
0: Alright. Uh, by the way, I did want to mention Queen Inoue. Oh, um, yep. Yes, so Inoue is, because I just didn't recognize her name straight away, because normally I just refer to her as uh, Orta Yeah. Um, Yeah, But Inoue is the orange-haired girl Who eventually becomes uh, Spoilers if you haven't seen the end of Bleach But she becomes Ichigo's wife And has his kid And we're back Uh, This will be the point that we shall return from From the nether regions of hell Where the internet continually goes out Because even though the FCC's Whole internet regulations have been You know, their net neutrality thing Has been taken away from them by Congress The, uh uh, the companies can still screw you by just having the internet cut out momentarily. Haha. Ha.
1: Mm. <laughs> Most conspiracy theorists would be like, oh, they're at your doors already, even if the Congress said no.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, were we, what were we talking about oh, yeah.
1: before? Uh, you were talking about Orihime. Who coincidentally, you know, spoiler alert, and then that's when I cut cut
0: off. Ah, okay, so yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah, they tried to stop me from saying it. Is she is Ichigo's wife, and uh, she has had his kid. So that's ah, how Bleach right. ended. Is yeah. that they got together, they had a kid, huzzah, All the fanboys are happy.
1: Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, i fine with that ending. She. Um, there was really no other matchup anyway for him, so it supposed to make sense. Yeah.
0: All right, so let's see. I think you were done with your half of things? Yep, that's me done with mine. Okay, and then I will jump into my IRL news, which I'll make it nice and short. I have had nothing to do, really, this past week. I just continually worked. A coworker of mine, who uh, was our team lead, just upped and quit on us. So um, it's looking like I'll be eventually filling her shoes Eventually, uh, she was with the company for many, many years, and she got offered a better position someplace else, but then she tried to come back because she was like, it's not what I thought. But because she had already been offered more money within our company to stay, and she just caught cold turkey on us, the company I work for was just like, yeah, goodbye.
1: Right. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, so they, they wanted nothing to do with her anymore. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you just cold turkey call out quit on a job. Uh which I've done once. Uh when I worked oh. for Coldstone Creamery. Um and uh yeah, because I've, I've quit different jobs. I quit Annie Ann's pretzels because one day when I wasn't working, the lady called me up and was like, you have to come to work. We were missing somebody. I was like, yeah, I'm not coming to work. It's the day before Thanksgiving. I have family over here. And she's like, if you don't do it, I'll fire you. And I was like, I quit. So I walked away from that. And then the uh, other one was um, when I worked for Cold Stone Creamery. I just upped and quit one night. And that was the cold, the cold turkey quit, though, because I was working. I was supposed to work for, like, another couple hours. And my supervisor at that time, who was this dick who had no right being a supervisor of anything, um, was, like, trying to get me to stop doing dishes because we had to do dishes. We had a lot of dishes. And I really needed a way, time away from, like, the front of dealing with people. Because it was just getting way too crowded up there, and I don't generally deal with people very well, like face to face. Um, But even for me, like that was way too much. Uh, Yeah. And so I was trying to do dishes, and he was like, "No, you got to get back up to the front. Like, get back up to the front right now." And it's like, I quit. I took off my apron, I Mm -hmm. put down the thing, and I walked out the back door.
2: Right. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I showed up a couple days later, picked up my last paycheck, and I was like. You suckers still work here. I don't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so overall it wasn't a good workplace anyway. No regrets.
0: No, like yeah, it's not 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 great. Um what else have I done? I've been playing more Overwatch, been playing more Fire Emblem obviously. I got another script from my artist friend who is having me do another kind of like mini game script. Um it's pretty fun. I like the way this mm-hmm. one's going. If uh, you've ever heard of Akbar's uh, Witch Trainer or Princess Trainer games, it's kind of like a mini version of that uh, with the artist's main character, Eloise, and her time that she spent at a mental institution after um, after like Cthulhu basically destroyed her household. Um, mm. And so I, I'm really enjoying it so far because it's ah. Oh, it's it's pretty cool. And and he has given me basically free reign as he usually does with the dialogue to basically alter things as I see fit. I try to nice. keep it in line with how he has written it as much as I can, but when it comes down to it, I do um I do change things where I'm like, eh, this doesn't really work or this isn't great. So yeah. Hmm. Cool. Yep, uh, let's see here, what else? Um. Oh, uh, my vacation is coming up, huzzah, yay, this whole week that's kind of come up, which I'll actually be on vacation by the time this comes out, I'll be uh, taking off for a week in a couple days, so starting December the 22nd to January the 1st, I will be on vacation, And it's all paid leave. Nice. Nice. Yes, very nice. I'm super excited for it. I've totally been like, I thought at first when I started working for Arnoff that there's no way I'd earn the kind of vacation I was expecting. But with like our recent departure and the amount of overtime I've been doing and the amount of work I've been putting into learning things, I definitely feel like I deserve this vacation. And I definitely want it. So I'm super yeah. looking forward to that. I'm super, super, super excited. And it'll give me a lot more time too to catch up on a lot of anime that I've been putting off. Three Gatsuno mm-hmm. Lion has like, like let's see here one two three four five six seven eight nine. Nine episodes sitting on my desktop that I haven't watched because I've just been faffing about playing Overwatch instead. And I'm just like, oh, Shokugeki came out. I'll watch that instead. Oh, wa Fufu came out. I'll watch that. Oh, imo- Imoto Saeirabe came out. I'll watch that. Oh, Trigatsu no Line came out. I'll download that. I'll get to it eventually. <laughs> I see. I see. Yeah. It's, it's
1: always on the back burner because of other priorities.
0: Yeah, it's also because it's more of a, like, a. you got to dedicate some thinking power to it. Like, all the other anime I'm watching right now, you kind of just put your brain in neutral and you just watch it. Shokugeki, because I've seen the manga and know how it's going out. Osake wa Fufu, because it's just like, oh, this is how you make liquor today. And also, my wife is super adorable. Imoto um, sae rabe because it's like, just... For the most part, just like games, and I want a little sister, but he already has one; he just doesn't know it. And Boku no kanojo it's like a bunch of sex jokes. Yeah. But <laughs> Three Guts No Line, it's like emotion, drama, tension, vid- gamings, and with board games, show, show, you know, shogi, and it's just like it oh, makes you think.
1: Mm-hmm. You need your full attention for this. You can't just passively watch it.
0: Yep. Um, other than that, nothing else has been going on. So, let's go to our industry news.
1: Oh, but also actually, before, before we go into that, uh, I just googled it, is Princess Trainer some sort of Aladdin fan game?
0: It is indeed that Um, Akbar is an extremely detailed artist when it comes to Disney-esque art. And he did a game where basically um, the premise is you are playing Genie, who has lost all his powers because Jafar made a wish where he won. And Aladdin is gone. The princess is, uh, he wants to be, uh, doesn't want to be his concubine. But of course, Jafar is like, you're going to be my concubine. Genie. you're going to train her to be my concubine. And Jeannie's like, well, I guess I really don't have a say in this, so I'll do it. And because it, it's mostly because Jeannie doesn't remember who he was. But, um, you then train as Genie. um, to be, to train Jasmine to be this concubine of Jafar. And at the end of it, um, depending on the version you're playing, there's many different things that can happen, but, um, there's like, so it's, it's a good game there. It's definitely adult. There's a lot of sex in it, but, um, it's really fun. And Akbar has a great sense of humor.
1: Right. Okay. So that's the artist you're working with then.
0: Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. That is the artist I really enjoy. And I do. I'm a administrator on his forums. The artist I work with is Nicaraya. And Nicaraya makes made a game called Delirium, uh, Stroke of Badness. And right now he's making a game called Borderline. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, another Patreon artist. Yep, mm, okay. and he gets involved with a lot of like the Lovecraftian horror kind of stuff, ah, um, right, right. you know, tentacles and Cthulhu and slime and all sorts of different mm. Lovecraftian horror esque themes. Um, and yep. uh, the game he's having me work on right now is a uh, is kind of like a a prequel to delirium but a sequel to stroke of madness so it kind of takes place between the two games
1: Hmm. really interesting stuff actually just googled it here
2: yeah
0: yeah again of course it's another adult yeah another adult Mm -hmm. artist so so if you do play any of the games which are visual novel based um, do expect to run into a lot of sex
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay Julie noted
0: yeah uh so yeah Uh, let's get into our uh, industry news then and you got two. And I guess,
1: yeah. <laughs> Again, keep waiting for that starting music to play for There
0: <laughs> you <know, I've> go. <laughs> yeah. <That's>
1: the one. <laughs> I've not been a listener for a while, but I still, I still expected to come, uh, but it's not there. Maybe I should get like a soundboard and just play it or something. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> anyway, uh, the first news is uh, it's gonna be from a Steam forum post. Um, Valve has taken down a game from a store, a visual novel called The Key to Home from Steam. Uh, whilst claiming the game is uh main demographic is for pedophiles, so Henteko Dojin, the game's developer, uh had had email correspondence with them um when they were submitting it, and they also had like a, a shop page which has now already been deleted, uh, and during a an, a an email exchange, Valve asked them to you know send them like a summarized plot of the Japanese game. Uh, uh, wait, summarize. They summarized the plot in Japanese hastily. I mean, and um. I was talking about how, you know, apparently the target audience and about how it's supposed to be tackling a social problem of children and people who like children in general. And apparently it's supposed to be making some statements. I've not really played the game myself, obviously, because um, it's, well, it's not available anymore. Anyway, but um, then they got a reply eventually saying that we are not interested in shipping the title on Steam. Uh, After which, you know, they asked them to clarify as to why it was deleted, and they finally got a reply, essentially saying, because we think this novel's core audience is for paedophiles. As paedophiles. Um... But according to them on the forum post, this is the exact opposite of what the message of the game actually is, and they have misunderstood misunderstand the content of the game. Apparently it's against promoting crimes against children. And um but there's been a lot, you know, it goes back and forth, it's quite a complicated matter. And you know, I suppose one of the only ways to know is if you actually played it. But what is what is confirmed here though is that the game doesn't contain apparently any H material. Um there is no explicit content in the game at all. In fact, according to the developer in this forum post, it already has released in Japan under a, you know, for all ages age rating already. So that seems like a... It does seem like a, maybe a bit of a, you know, jumping the gun a little bit, you know, a bit of a knee-jerk sort of reaction just to provo- avoid any controversy. Um, the... What was his name? There was also, like, some things, like, in terms of, like, the artists they have involved with it. Um, there Some of the people on the forums you know, paid special attention to how the game's artist, um, MUK, or I guess maybe Muck, uh, is known for drawing rather, you know, um, erotic images uh, It usually involves minors in them, well, that have involved minors in them. And, you know, he's involved the game's creation, but apparently, according to the developer, which I wouldn't, which only you'd be able to tell if you've actually played it, uh, it's apparently using him was intentional and it's apparently meant to be kind of like a part of the point of the meaning behind the game, and it's not for promoting child pornography or anything of the sort. Um, Still, um, there's also been another thing where in the Steam's original store page, I think it was, um, there was this quote sentence that says, This is a visual mystery novel for all gentlemen and gentlewomen who love little girls. And apparently that is a mistranslation of a Japanese slang expression. Again, I'm not, I don't, my knowledge in, the language is very limited, so I wouldn't be able to know how much of this is like made up and how much of it is um, actually true. But apparently, in this context, the word "gentleman" in the sentence is a Japanese internet meme, which is used when referring to people who like children in a normal way and clearly non-sexual way. But again, you just take of it, make of it what you will, I suppose, and make your own decisions on that. So, there's obviously been a lot of, you know people banning against the game you know also calling it pedal stuff and a lot of people banning, banning for it you know outrage that it's been taking off um and as of at the moment steam has um steam or i suppose valve has not responded any further to this issue at the moment so i don't know on my opinion i since it doesn't contain any explicit content and apparently it's got some sort of hidden message in there that you can only get via playing it um I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that maybe like this is kind of like a knee-jerk reaction from Valve, uh, at least from the looks of it. Especially if it has already released in Japan, uh, under a, safe for all ages sort of rating, that to me does scream that, oh, I guess it is a safe game. But, you know, maybe it was supposed to be about child exploitation and it was like uh, against that and make, maybe make some sort of message, but... As of now, uh, I don't really care to actually check out the game itself. It's apparently, at the bottom here, it is available on Melon Books if people are interested in checking it out, I suppose. So if you want to do your own investigation into this matter, uh, be my guest. But that's that, I suppose. Okay. Yep.
0: Alrighty. Well, my one piece of news that I have here is of the Kanji of the Year. And so, every year, the Japanese Kanji Proficiency Society holds a vote to select one kanji to represent the year's closing. And this year, the kanji, a bit ominous, read as kita, means north. And is directed as a reference to the recent missiles launched from North Korea over Japan. Oh dear. Uh, The torrential downpours in Kishu, and the potato harvest shortage in Hokkaido. Uh, Similarly, J-Alert, Japan's satellite warning system, was recently utilized after North Korea-launched missiles near Japan made the top buzzword list, as did Senjo Kosutai, a type of cloud associated with heavy rain. However, while those kanji are a bit heavy, another top choice was kimono, meaning beast and is an obvious reference to the underground hit Kimono Friends. Ah, and the right. subsequent controversy after its director Takutsi was removed from the show, uh, show's announced sequel. Uh, the second choice, mm-hmm. which you're going to be a loving fan of, Imoto, no. meaning what? Little Sister. Uh, Little Sister, of course, uh, with the more recent animes, Aromanga Sensei, Hitome, ya- Imaru-chan, uh, R, and a, a Sisters All You Need.
1: I hate most of those.
0: <laughs> it received 5% of the entire vote. Uh, that's, now, the that's third choice, which is read as Jin, meaning silver, Uh, In this case, the kanji is a direct reference to Gintama and Uh its protagonist, Gintoki. Mm -hmm. Uh, The rest of the nominees were Tomo, Friend, an alternate reference to Kimono Friends. Uh, Matutsu, the ending kanji used in character names of Mr. Omatsu. Uh, Usagi, Rabbit, also, of course, uh, could be a reference to uh, Dear My Sister or Jinu. Uh Ten Sen. Uh Kaguya, two shrine, which could be Love Live reference. Uh, Katana Sword, obviously many references for that everywhere. Uh, Token Rambu being one of them. Uh, Toyo, abundant, from the phrase this year's anime was an abundant harvest throughout. And oh. Sae or Ri, and again uh denoting recreator so a lot of the kanji were anime related uh but mm-hmm. the top t- uh the top picked one is a direct reference to the recent missile scares from North Korea
1: man i think that's probably more dep- i think i would still take the little sister over such a depressing <laughs> that's like kind of a depressing note to have <laughs> like oh oh definitely would take that yeah well, that's a bit somber but okay Psst. wow
0: Yep. So what's your.
1: 2017 Blues.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm. What's your uh, last piece of news for us?
1: Uh, Okay. The last one is also not particularly happy. Um, Accomplished screenwriter Shimada Michiru has uh, unfortunately died from an illness, uh, which is uh, she died age 58. So, you know, still pretty young and still ongoing in her career. Um, She's worked for 38 years, but she's most famous now, I suppose, for her work. Um, in writing the composition and screenplay for the Little Witch Academia series, I've yet to watch that, but I am I am looking um, looking to do that in the future. I've but, heard good
0: things about it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it looks it's by I believe Trigger, and it it looks really poppy. The animation, the good designs look very distinct. So, um, just sad to hear like an, yet another death has happened in the industry, especially so abruptly. But maybe not so abruptly because. Um, Her daughter later released a tweet um, that roughly translates into um, I will tell you what happened on behalf of my mother. My mother, Shimada Michiru, died today on December 15, has passed away. She has been suffering from an illness since last year. So it's it's been ongoing, but just obviously not public. She was 58, and I humbly thank all of you who loved her various works throughout her 38-year-long career so ending it off she's worked on many notable projects though um, including shows such as the Doctor Slump series Ruroni uh, Kenshin uh, One Piece where she's done TV scripts and storyboards and even stuff like uh, Shugo Chara which I've heard of and Little Busters to name some so yeah just be really sad to hear of yet another passing so here's to you I'm going to definitely give Little Witch Academia a look in memory I suppose now, more solemnly.
0: Yeah, I'll definitely have to let me know how uh how good it is because I've seen it yeah. and a couple of the characters in it have appealed to me.
1: Oh, okay. I'll have to I'm gonna watch it and I'm gonna guess which ones based off like my knowledge of her tastes. <laughs> right. We'll <see>. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> okay. Well I think that does it for our news. Now let's get into reviews.
1: Oh, is it, is it me again? Is it? Yeah, oh, remember back. It was,
0: oh right, right, right. Wait, but I
1: thought I read the last news, so I thought it was. Oh right, okay, right, fair enough. Right, okay. So, oh no, uh, yes. Oh wait,
0: oh yeah. Yeah, you did read oh. the last news, so yeah, I'm actually the mistaken one here. <laughs> Sorry, oh, I right. hit myself over the head. Uh, let me get out of this way here then. there got to no lion. That's my review. First season. Mm. Never did I think that someday I would be watching an anime about a board game. But then again, I have already watched anime about card games, so maybe it wasn't all that much more of a stretch. Still, it was even more surprising to me that such an anime would get me would get to me so much. I am, of course, speaking of the Regats no Lion, an anime that follows the life of a young shogi player as he struggles with making a game his career choice. The relationships he makes and the emotional toll of losing his entire family. If you couldn't guess, this anime gets a bit dark at points. The young player's name is Rei Kiriyama, by the way, a 5 Don in high school who lives alone after he moved out of his adoptive father's home. Rei is a very complex character, oftentimes analyzing situations in his head and mostly keeping to himself emotionally. He does have a relationship with a family of three sisters, though, who all look after him like, you know, he was a part of their own. Uh, The eldest sister, Akiri, having found him dejected and sick on the street after a uh, drinking party. The other two sisters are Hinata, the middle child, and Momo, the youngest of the bunch. Like Rei, the sisters, too, lost family with the death of their mother. However, unlike Rei, the three bonded and had relatives who helped look after them. Akiri began working for her aunt as a hostess, who, damn, Akiri looks good in a black dress, and helping her grandfather run his confectionery shop. She's quite the woman, but her focus is on keeping her family fed, so she has no romantic relationships. However, Hinata seems to have a thing for Rei. Although it's difficult to tell if it's just a sisterly kind of love or more of a romantic type. Personally, I feel it leans more to the latter with the stuff she says. Yeah, it's just Ray who's complex, I guess. It's not just Ray who's complex. Now, when you heard me mention that he lives on his own, you might have groaned and said, Ugh, not this trope again. But before you leave, hear me out. After Ray's parents and little sister died in a car accident, He was taken in by his close friend and father named Machisaki, who recognized his skill at shogi. However, Rei was too good and put both of the man's children to shame, the daughter, Kyoko, reacting the most violently. As Rei puts it, she is beautiful and hot-tempered, having hit Rei on more than one occasion after losing to him in a shogi match. It's also alluded to that she may have sexually abused him as well. There's no confirmation on this yet, but even the sisters don't like Kyoko, with Akari realizing it's a bad situation. Needless to say, all this tension got to Rei, and seeing how his presence was tearing the family apart, he moved out. Rei actually pays for his apartment by himself with his shogi winnings only taking a small portion to feed himself while the rest he has his adoptive father collect and save up for when he is out of high school. So it's kind of like he has a 90% tax uh, deduction that comes out of his regular paycheck that he gives to his father or his adoptive Mm. father, while the rest of it he used to feed himself and pay for his apartment. Yeah. Kyoko... Isn't entirely evil though, and cares for Ray, uh, and cares for her sister, or cares cares for Ray as a sister, and is worried about her. Well, Ray cares about her. See, after he moved out, Kyoko got involved with a man named Masamune. This man is married, though his wife has been hospitalized for some time, and he, at least according to Ray takes advantage of Kyoko. Masamune is also a powerful shogi player, and it's Ray's goal to defeat him in an official match to prove he is the better player. Not sure if this will get Kyoko to leave Masamune, but from what I can tell, Masamune doesn't like Kyoko as a person. He probably just uses her for her body or something. But for now, he the only leg he gets up on Ray is on Masamune is that when Kai defeats Masamune in a very big match to determine who goes on to compete for the world class title Uh, Kai being his I believe his teacher before you think Ray does extremely well however as if he were some kind of prodigy think again he's a good player really good With a playstyle that is often compared to that of the current World Shogi champion. But he still loses. In fact, he loses enough to worry about losing a rank. Something he can't afford to do. Not out of some kind of need to be the best, but because he wouldn't be able to afford his apartment if he did. Ray's not alone in this struggle, though, as he realizes that many of the players he squares off against are fighting to keep their ranks for similar reasons. Yeah, there's another emotional checkmark for you. (laughs) Are you getting why they said this anime gets dark at times? After we get through character introductions, smaller plot lines, and some background information, we finally reach the main story. Sadly, it's just as the story begins that the anime comes to an end, as Rey begins to attend a shogi club and accompany the club leader, a man by the name of Kai, to a couple matches against the current world champion. It's here we start to see those similarities between Rey and the world champion, as Rey is even able to successfully find a way to beat the champion, a way that his mentor kai doesn't find in a way that the champion was disappointed no one else saw but ray did i'm sitting here thinking oh man is he going to see the example of what ray did he's going to see the board where ray would beat him and he's going to be like who did this Mm
2: -hmm.
0: who beat me who ray who's that bring him here i want to play against him because the champion is actually disappointed. Like, you see him just, like, very distraught that no one was able to beat him. Even though he kind of left that opening by mistake. And later on, he saw it, and he was like, I can't believe no one else saw that. Am I the only one who's now seeing this? Mm. But Ray saw ah. it. Ah, <laughs> I so wanted them to face off. Yeah. But eventually, unfortunately, this never happens. Ray just returns and goes back to school. This time, attending a shogi club and opening his heart a little more. Mm. The animation in this anime is really astounding. Oh my god, it was so good. As I would describe it, it was atmospheric as fuck. <laughs> the backgrounds and the environment scenes they cut to are beautiful, and the designs on the people are very interesting. At first, I was put off by the mouths, but came to enjoy the way they look. Now, Shaft are the ones behind the animation, same studio, responsible for animating Sayunara Zetsubo-sensei, the Monogatari series, and Nisei Koi. They do good work, but I'm glad they moved away from shafting the animation that they love to do with the Monogatari series. Mm -hmm. The voice acting is also stellar, paired perfectly to characters and combined with the dramatic visuals, it all just hits home. Uh, Kengo Kawaishi, Voices Ray is almost unknown in lead roles, his resume mostly background and filler characters, and I love it when the new voice does so well in such a large role. Though the anime itself saw a good mix of long-time professionals and new voices, so the whole experience was refreshing to the ears. Now, to be honest... For my favorite character, it has to be Ray. This guy, who has been dealt a pretty tough hand by life, still manages to scrape by. He works hard, and you want to root for him. But at the same time, you are forced to see him lose time and time again. I feel like the anime, if it had continued, it probably would have been a bit of a turning point in his life. One that would see him grow as a person and become not only a top shogi player, but also a really likable guy. Hmm. Which, of course, does eventually happen. Yeah. Because we're now currently in the second season of Three Gatsuno Lion, and as exactly as I predicted. He does, in fact, grow as a character, no longer, you know, focusing on his past. Mm-hmm. Three Gatsuno Lion gets a download now. Ooh,
1: big one. There we go. There's another one. Nice.
0: Yeah, haven't had a download now in a mm-hmm. while, but it definitely deserves yeah, it. Yeah,
1: I've been interested in watching this one for quite a while. I've just. Similarly, I've just never gotten around to it, but, you know, maybe this is the push I need. It's good to hear that you also endorse this show.
0: Hmm. Yep. Alright, yep. so I think that brings us to your so review.
1: Just round this up. Okay, so, um. Uh, after finishing an anime, I usually, you know, give it a little while to sit before reviewing it. Um, usually like at least a month or uh, maybe a season. Uh, Just enough to fill, you know, just enough to the point where you kind of of have a fresh mind and look back and say like, ah yes, that show. And then, you know, insert whether or not you actually had any lasting feelings, which usually sets the tone for the rest of the review. Well, Well, just to break tradition, I've decided to review a show that I just finished watching yesterday just to test my intuition as I'm pretty sure my overall thoughts will not change drastically in this case. Well, we'll see. Today, I'm going to review a show I previewed two seasons back that I just finished, called ballroom E yokuso or Welcome to the Ballroom. So, I'll go for the synopsis first. Uh, Like most 15-year-olds, Vegeta is at the stage of his life where he feels that empty void, like there's something missing in his life. Little did he expect that after an incident involving bullying, that Vegeta's answer would come in the form of a tall adonis, Sengoku, who also happens to own a dance studio on the site <laughs> of being a world-class competitive dancer. Um, after seeing... <laughs> he does actually sound like multiple times. I hear Vegeta, even though he's called Vegeta, But it's like, Vegeta? <laughs> Super Saiyan Vegeta? Yeah. <laughs> after meeting Sengoku... Uh, Vegeta's life is completely changed as he is thrown foot-first into the wondrous world of twirling, mugging, and quick steppu as they call it for some reason. Join Fujita as he practices his first great passion in life, enters competitions, and dances with a bunch of attractive girls who already have partners before finding one of his own because he is definitely straight and doesn't have eyes for Sengoku, honest. Starring Midoriya and other characters, including, but not limited to, Wee Fit Trainer, Dancing Twilight Edward, and Don Flamenco from Punch-Out! So, given the summary and the premise, Joseph, I mean, like, are you interested in the show at all, uh, you know, but dancing, or, like, what would get you to check you out the show?
0: What would get me to check out if, if there was a main female protagonist that uh, is maybe a love interest in this, where it's not just like, oh, the dude wants to bone the other dude, it's totally not gay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not like Yuri on Ice, where it should be called Yaoi on Ice. It's not ballroom e Yaoi, so...
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I could kind of... I could kind of say that it kind of caters to that. Like, halfway through, like I said, he gets his... Uh, they have this big emphasis on him finding his own partner. So, like, there's these first two girls, right? And, like, they're matched up with the, this... The, the, they each have a guy partner. One of them, uh, one of the, her partner, is actually already her big brother. So, he kind of, like, is matched up against both of those. Where, like, he's already attracted to the first girl, like, how I called we Fit Trainer, um, because she's the first person who gets him into dancing. And then he likes the other girl because she falls out with her brother and she's kind of similar to him in personality. They're both pretty meek. And then, then he finds his own partner in the last half of the anime, like, the second half, where, like, he has to now find his own partner. And it's kind of implied that, you know, a lot of the parallels to dancing kind of parallel romance in its own sort of way. So you know they both have to open the door together and like she kind of completes him because he's kind of a very passive guy and she's a very assertive and just kind of aggressive girl so it's kind of got that in there It stands <laughs> answer that um but I, at, the, at the same time I, I will say that it doesn't fully like if that's what you're after with the show you're kind of not going to get it fully because um the focus isn't really on the romance side of things like um it's just kind of an undertone there. But, um, yeah. Uh, I don't know if, if there's really much to say about story. I mean, Vegeta learns important lessons through dancing, and also affects the other character dancers around him who develop in similar ways because of his passion for dancing. I mean, there's commentary about what it means to be a dancer, things like passion, hard work, and talent and stuff. and A lot of them are echoed in other sports shows, if you've watched those too, and... At times, they kind of do them with a bit more focus than this show does, honestly. I mean, like, like I just said, if you there, it does have the romance tag on Mal, though I don't really think it's appropriate. I mean, there are some moments, but by the end, strangely enough, the only heavily re- ex- the only heavily expressed romantic feelings are for a Yuri pairing involving one of the side characters, like. The main thing is, like, he, he like the main guy gets, like, a peck on the cheek. That's as far as it goes. Which, I suppose if we're talking, like, the world of Kyoto animation, that's, like, what? That's pretty much, like, they've done it already, if it's a peck on the cheek. Because, like, you're lucky to get a hug or hold hands in a Kyoto animation show. You know? So, I guess that's...
0: It, mm. it depends on who the peck on the cheek came from. It so came from his second partner. For instance, if it was, like... Mm. Okay, so... Is it, uh, yeah, I don't know in that case. Um, yeah, because it
1: wasn't just a thank you. It was kind of like a kiss where it was like she, she like, something happens. She kisses him on the cheek and says, yes, now that, you know, because that happens, I can now keep my promise and we don't have to separate. We can now stay together, basically. So it's kind of like it's, you know, they're going to, what do you think, Zach?
0: Oh, no. I'm looking at some stuff here for her and I see it's, like, his first partner, the chick he walks into, and she's undressing. Yes, that's
1: his first partner, but, like, she's already got, like, another partner, okay. which I think is kind of her main one, but then the other one who's partnered with her big brother, she, I think she's totally interested in him, because, you know, she can't be interested in her big brother. What anime is this? It's not that. So, Yeah. <laughs>
0: So his second pairing is the girl with blonde hair, yeah. the short, short blonde, blonde hair. hair,
1: curly blonde hair. Yeah, that's her. Michael's the second matchup. He uh, is. she's kind of like him anyway.
0: But I am, I am seeing in the anime there was another thing where he was kissed by a girl.
1: Kissed by a
0: girl. Redhead. Yeah. It was like, uh, no, dark black hair, wearing a red dress, kind of revealing of the bosom. She grabs him and she's saying like, "Oh boy, this." Oh, this boy is oh, adorable, right. and she starts no, kissing him on the face. she's
1: Sengoku's partner, you know, the the, the the big guy that brings him in to begin with. She's actually Sengoku's par- dance partner, and she's kind of not really... She's not really in the running for, like, if there was a romantic interest. Because she's, like, the older woman. We're also saying, like, she's she... older
0: woman. Her dress gets torn open or something like that by Sengoku.
1: Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. Something like that, I think, does happen. Yeah. Um,
0: Interesting. So. so, yeah, um... I'm seeing like a lot of like the second pairing being like oh yeah definitely the main pairing. Mm, I think the third one actually um, is for like, this have you kind of seen the stuff.
1: Like the, the girl has red hair, uh, like a red she's a redhead. It's the last pairing he has though. And she's the one that actually kisses him on the cheek. Uh cuz like he spends the second half of the anime trying to basically pair her for and there's so much tension between the two cuz like you know like, the first girl, like, he looked up to. The second girl, they were both kind of passive. And then this last girl, like, they bounce off each other because, like, he's passive and she's quite aggressive. And then they have to kind of compromise by the end. So it's kind of, like...
0: okay, yeah, I see yeah. her now. so that's,
1: I think, I think that's kind oh, of the next in this, though. I think that's kind of the main pairing. I mean, there's even stuff where, like, her best friend or, slash, you know, person who wants to, you know, get with her in a lesbian sort of way is, like, moving in on Fujita... Uh just to get her jealous, so it kind of is kinda of like she's interested as well, so. I don't know.
0: Oh, the mother of the blonde character though. Mother
1: of the blonde character.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hmm. Or is that the mother of uh of our dark haired character? You
1: might be looking at the lady that runs the dance studio, actually. Oh no, 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 I think I know who you mean. She's wearing glasses. Yeah, like, yes. no, no, she, she's the mother of, like, one of his rivals, but she ends up teaching Fujita, actually. She's supposed uh,
0: to be, like, a foreign yes. dancer. That, that's my dance partner she's, like, right a there. I
1: think she's from Russia or mm. something.
0: I'll let her Russia all over <laughs> me.
1: Oh, wow, that's good. So I didn't know. Do you have that, Do you have that one, like, uh... <laughs> Did you have that one already, like uh, thought up, like with the Russian puns?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's like my dumb thing I do sometimes, where I'll be like, oh, you know, like she's oh, she's do- she's something this, or it's like an adjective description, like oh, she can something that yeah, to this- me, mm. and sometimes it doesn't work mm. at all. Sometimes it kind of works a little bit yeah. like that, and sometimes it's just I don't. Uh, really
1: this one was that was a ten out of ten. <laughs> that one felt like it was written. That was good. <laughs> but yeah, so but at the same time. Uh, I'd say like yeah, it's, it's it has all these kind of teasing like at, at most with the romantic stuff though right apart from like the kiss and stuff like the kiss on the cheek that's as far as it goes um, it's kind of like just teasings here and there and I just don't know it's a bit more of like an undertone I'm not really sure if you could push this into like full romance tag because like a lot of it focuses kind of on the dancing aspect of it and the pairing and like the romance is kind of an undertone like I joked about it but there's like little extra definition of actually coupling at play here between our main guy and the girls than there is between like the undertones as well between like Fujita and perhaps Sengoku the the main guy (laughs) I mean the the teacher guy as well because like uh, just as Fujita goes through like spats with the other partners um, like you know the way that you might do with a girlfriend uh, and in the second ED, it kind of looks like it's from, like, a rom-com. There's also parts in the first OP where Fujita looks adoringly at Sengoku's stunning features and dazzling smile. Not to mention, like, the last end, the last ending shot of the show could also have, like... Hmm... kind of implications to it. I'm just, just you know, throwing that out there, so... Um... It does spell that the show does kind of have a bit of a, an identity crisis kind of going with it. Um it's kind of shounen with male-orientated fan service at times. Like, you know, like you said that he he comes in on a girl in a state of undress. But there's also, like, a scene where there's, like, two guys that splash each other in the public restroom with water. And, um, there's also a scene where Fujita gets an intimate muscle massage from Edward from Twilight, that I mentioned earlier on. Um... So, like, it kind of does bits of both, you know? Um... At least in my perspective, it's kind of, you know... It seems to be, like, some bits appeal to, like, any, you know, like, straight male or gay women watching. But then it's also for the Fujoshis, too. It's also got more conventional romance tropes in there as well. So it's kind of in line with something like a typical romantic comedy or, like, a chick flick in there as well. It's got a bit of everything. So, yeah, it tries to kind of go for a lot of different people at once. Um, and I don't really think it really succeeds in any particular size. Like, I, for one, would say that the fan service, at least from my point of view, the fan service aimed at guys... Um, it's kind of weak and kind of like unoriginal sort of like male orientated fan service like, it feels like what a company thinks male orientated fan service should be if I was to be really kind of a stickler for it I mean I don't know how it holds up for the rest of the demographics it seems to be targeting so I'll just leave that as it is um, uh, this anime is brought to us by Production IG who have produced way too much shows like I think over 300 by the way uh, but you've probably heard of Psycho Pass, Attack on Titan, and Fully Cooley. I am personally a. F- yeah, Indeed. all three of those? You watched all three of those? Yep. yep. Uh, I yep, still yep. haven't watched Attack on Titan or Psycho Pass. Uh, so, gonna have to
0: give those a go. Oh, I've I've not watched Attack oh. on Titan. I read some of the manga. Okay.
1: People have hit and miss opinions about that one. Like, some people say, oh, it's terribly drawn. So just watch the anime. Then. Well,
0: hmm. I wouldn't say that. Like, the art is unique but what did it for me was like oh that woman's getting eaten oh nope i'm i'm i'm, I'm ah, good screw
1: you guys i'm going home <laughs> right
0: yeah screw you guys i'm going i am <laughs> home screw you guys i'm going to yeah. my room
1: <laughs> i am flicking to a different book or webpage or whatever <laughs> so yeah um
0: mm-hmm.
1: i'm personally a fan of their work on shows like uh kurokuro Kuro basket uh, usagi drop and the currently airing Mahou no Yomi still looks quite good, actually, so... They can do they can do well-produced shows. Uh, with Ballroom, I think they brought their B-game to the material, I mean, to the visuals. I mean, I just earlier, but I really do like the way the characters are drawn in this show. The designs themselves are quite distinct, and there's also extra definition and line work, especially on their faces, which goes a long way to make them more expressive, especially when covering a sport in which expression plays a very important role, so... They've overall just done a really good job creating aesthetics for both genders that can at some points look kind of cutesy and anime caricature-like sort of way, and yet surprisingly human proportionally when they take to the dance floor, which is a very tricky balance to meet. So I think visually looks quite good, looks the part. But see, all, that's all stuff you could get if you just read like something like a manga. What we're really looking for in the context of a sports show, especially, is that that illusion of that raw like kinetic energy. And sadly, I have to conclude that it's a little bit of a letdown with this show. That's not to say that there's not moments of very striking Sakuga moments that are smooth as a non nonstick frying pan. But as you keep watching, you seem to come. They seem to come less and less often. Until predictably, the third act, and you know that ends up the story, and then it suddenly like booms up, and then oh, there's the budget. Ballroom really wants to convince you to fuck those other Olympic sports and see that competitive dancing is a world of its own, with so much more depth and nuances to it. And while it somewhat succeeds at this with the script and the character arcs of the show, the animation just isn't really there enough uh, to really hit that point home. The dancing shots often focus only on specific parts of the body instead of showing the dancers in their full a lot of the time, presumably to make the animation a lot easier when you don't have to do the entire figure. You never see a full dance interrupt, uh, uninterrupted by shots going back to the side characters commentating at the side and giving us some commentary on it. And despite the dance also involving music, we don't really get to see them actually dance for like a full track of music. Uh, That's because it's often broken up uh, with like um, expository dialogue, so you're left with the show's background music usually used to instead fill in the blanks. There came a bit near the end when the music plays, uh, starts playing for the dance that Fujita and his new partner uh, are about to dance, and she comments about, oh, this is that one song that we can both agree on that we like. And then that just kind of made me realise, oh yeah, there's actually music in the universe that's supposed to be playing when they're dancing. you know. Uh, the dissonance between the animation and sound in, the, in a dancing show makes it so that a newbie like me to dancing can really can't really distinguish the kinds of dances they are doing, unless they're actually flat out telling me, oh, this is the tango, and this is the quick step one. I can barely tell whether the dancing is either going really good or really bad. The show has to have the characters on the side saying, like, oh, his movements are stiff, or his weight is is shifting incorrectly. You know, I can't can't help but just kind of wish that the show would just show me that in the animation form. I'm just told a lot of the stuff that's happening on screen. Again, doesn't mean the show never has good instances of animation and well times, uh, and well timed scores. But you have to be very patient if you want to see them. And um, also, on a side note, there's also like a lot of background dancers that are very clearly CG that are distracting at times, but they kind of keep it to a minimum. So yeah. Uh, overall, in a way, Ballroom E Yokoso is kind of like life. At the beginning of watching, I was overly too enthusiastic before being disappointed and brought down to earth. And then by the end reaching acceptance of just what it is. It's not really a bad show. I did give it did give me some interesting, you know, things here and there, uh, to you know learn about a new sport that I didn't know much about to begin with. There was some nice ideas and visual symbolism at, at times, equating us an insect dancing with your partner to having like an extra pair of legs, for example. And like I said, it's quite easy on the eyes. Uh, again, like, like life itself, it's just felt like there was so much more potential at the beginning. But as it is livable, I'm going to give life a Netflix. You
0: Yep. Alright. So. Netflix yep. and a download it's now.
1: Contrast. the contrast. Luckily, no burnets. Alright. <sighs>
0: okay well, aside from that uh, minor interruption and in, uh, connectivity thank you uh, spectrum <laughs> you suck uh, I think that will do it for another episode of anime pulse I thank everyone for listening and for sticking around and as always keep watching keep listening and keep the anime love strong <laughs>